<laughs> as they say. And a very good morning to uh, everyone out there around the states and uh, a very wonderful Lord's Day to our international listeners. We love you very much. We're delighted to, that you've uh, been joining us. We do remember you. We do thank of you and pray for you. So thank you. Hope you had a blessed week and you will have a blessed week. Thank you again for, for joining us. Um, we finished the prayer guide according to the last year's Voice of the Martyrs prayer guide. But I thought I would bring a different prayer guide in for you this morning. Uh, Bernie and I are members of um, the Samaritan Ministries Health Share. And every month, uh, amongst the, the newsletter and the materials that they send to us, there's always a prayer guide. And I'm very grateful for these folks that they, they always ask for prayer for the persecuted church. And they have quite accurate information about specific uh, things that are going on around the world. And this is a good piece of news. And this good piece of news comes from Pakistan. And I don't know if all of you are aware of it, but we do have a fairly large number of folks in Pakistan who have been watching and listening uh, for, for some time now. Um, praise God, a young Pakistani Christian convicted of so-called blasphemy laws in 2018 has been released, uh, World Watch Monitor reports. Nabil Masi allegedly, quote-unquote, liked and shared a picture on Facebook that was deemed disrespectful to Muslims. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison. His lawyer, and I assume that this is a Pakistani attorney, not someone from the outside, his lawyer successfully argued that there was no evidence whatsoever that Nabil was responsible for that post. Thank God in this case, justice has been done. So the prayer request is, as you can imagine, please pray for all Christians in hostile nations subject to false accusations. And they always give a uh, timely scripture verse in their newsletter. This month it was Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. And they give a quote from a notable uh, Christian leader. This one is from Warren Wearsby. And uh, I don't know if you know this. You might want to take advantage of it sometime. But if memory serves me correct, uh, Warren Wearsby's entire personal library of some thousands of books has gone over to Cedarville. And they set portions of it out, some hundreds of, of books uh, at a time in, in rotation. So it's definitely worth going to see that. And speaking of timely, another scripture verse in this week's prayer guide, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, which happens to be the very verse that we're going to unpack this morning. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. So without much more ado, let's do that right now. Sovereign Lord God, our Heavenly Father, ruler of heaven and earth, thank you for the spring rains. Thank you for the life that it gives. Thank you for our mothers and for their care and devotion to our lives, bringing us into this world and seeing us through this life's journey. We pray for the peace, for the welfare, spiritual welfare, first and foremost of all of our mothers, of all mothers everywhere. And we pray for the salvation of mothers in this world who do not know you. 
We pray for the preaching and teaching of your word this morning. Holy Spirit, living God, speak through your inspired words by way of the apostle to people all over this world who are watching and listening this day and in the days to come. Open their minds and open their hearts to receive the truth of your word, to live their life in the truth of your word, and to apply it to their life and translate its actions into action in their life. And may the good word, the good news, both testaments, both covenants, which all point to our Lord Jesus Christ, go out throughout this world. And we pray for the sacred scriptures, one way or the other, by one means or another, by one venue or another, to come into the hands of every man, woman, and child. Help us to not rest until we are doing our duty and seeing this task through. We pray for our meeting after church today and that your sovereign will will be done in and through this church and each and every church member and through the lives of our, our deacons and our elders. Give us more opportunities, sovereign God, to serve here and abroad. And we thank you for the opportunities that we have had to reach our brothers and sisters and folks who need to hear your word throughout the country and throughout the world in our very humble way. May all the meditations of all of our hearts and may the words of my mouth this morning be pleasing to you, O Lord God Almighty, our Rock and our Redeemer. You who are this nation's and the world hope and you who are more than hope enough for one and for all. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word of the Lord? Even though I just read the verse to you, we'll read it again. We'll unpack verse 18 today, and then next week, likely, we will, we will conclude uh, the letter. And I hope next week you will find that there's not a desultory word in any book of the Bible. There's, there's much to learn from the introductions to these letters and even from their conclusions. Uh, today we're going to conclude, or begin to conclude, uh, the armor of God metaphor, but prayer is still a part of uh, the spiritual warfare passage. So, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, pray at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. With this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all of the saints. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God for them. Thank you, folks. You may be seated. So today, somewhat, we conclude Paul's soldier metaphor for the Christian life, the spiritual warfare passage. Paul tells us in verse 18 that we just read that prayer in spiritual warfare, yes, it is at the heart, it is at the core. If I may use this expression, it is front and center in spiritual warfare. Paul does not necessarily, if you've noticed, he does not necessarily present prayer in the teaching as an additional weapon or as an additional piece of armor. Although you could certainly say that prayer proves to be a determinating factor in spiritual warfare, a very essential uh, determinative factor in waging the spiritual conflict. Prayer, of course, has a very profound effect on all of life and certainly a very profound effect and influence. But prayer is, uh, whether one wishes to consider it a piece of spiritual armor or spiritual weapon or no, prayer is absolutely foundational according to the inspired apostle. And prayer is, if you've noticed in the reading of that verse twice now, it is to be constant continuous daily activity daily duty a, a way of life really 
And it is absolutely critical in putting to good use this metaphor. It is critical in translating the words of this metaphor into action in your life, in daily life, and putting to good use or putting into action all of the spiritual armor, all of these spiritual weapons that Paul has commended to the church throughout this passage that we've been studying for some weeks now. One of the most wonderful metaphors for the Christian life in the Old Testament. New Testament, pardon me. Verse 18. Let me read it to you with a slightly different translation, but true to the original Greek and a word-for-word equivalent translation. Pray with all prayer and supplication in every season in the Spirit. With this in mind, be vigilant with all persistence in supplication for all of the saints. So in this verse, Paul, again, he's concluding his military metaphor and perhaps even begins to move somewhat beyond it. But nevertheless, he is making a very important point here about prayer and its place in regards or in relation to spiritual warfare. Here's one of the main takeaways from this verse. Main points. Prayer is a main defense. You want to defend yourself? Pray. Prayer is also a means of offense against the enemy. Not only pray to defend yourself and others, but if you wish to be effective in this world in waging combat against our spiritual enemies, pray constantly, continuously, every day that you live, everywhere that you go, everyone that you're with. In fact, I believe to the Apostle Paul, what he is teaching is something of an ongoing, running stream of consciousness, conversation with God all of the day, every day. Or as little brother Lawrence would put it in the 17th century, practice the presence of God wherever you are, wherever you're at. Talk to him ceaselessly. Prayer is a main defense and means of offense against the enemy. Prayer enables the church, Christian soldiers, not only to stand fast, but also to advance. And what the New Testament tells us is a slow but sure constant over the years, over the generations, that inexorable, unstoppable march all throughout the world, all throughout history, to advance the kingdom of Christ, to advance the gospel, an advance that is hateful and fearful to our spiritual enemies. They hate it and it terrifies them. As the kingdom of the Christ, which they've been trying to stop for millennia, and they cannot stop and they never will. It still keeps spreading. It still keeps growing, slowly and surely, no matter how they rant and rave and rage and persecute. They're terrified by it. And they're terrified by our prayers to advance it and to hold our ground and not budge an inch as Christian soldiers against the darkness in this world. Also, that advance, please allow me to add, it is very, very important. That advance is life-giving. That advance is deliverance. That advance is liberating to all of those the world over who come to salvation in Christ by the advance of the gospel of Christ and thereby the kingdom of Christ. Paul does stress here, he emphasizes, he highlights even, the importance of prayer. And he does perhaps somewhat set it aside from the six pieces of, of armor and of equipment He does make mention of prayer, as you notice by reading the verse, without directly attaching it to a corresponding weapon or piece of armor in keeping with the military metaphor. However, Paul does tie 
in prayer to spiritual warfare, as we see. He closely ties it into the spiritual armor of the Christian soldier. Therefore, prayer does play a very important role in spiritual warfare. So Paul explains pardon me, how prayer enables the Christian soldier to stand fast and to advance. So we should not understand or perhaps misunderstand Paul's comments on prayer here. Oh, to be passing on to a new topic, to be passing on to a new subject. He's not. He's still in the subject of spiritual warfare. Prayers, he's just teaching us about prayer's place in this conflict, in the battleground of this life. And frankly, many New Testament Greek scholars, translators believe that actually in your English translations, the punctuation at the end of verse 17 should actually be a comma, not a period. I'm inclined to agree with them. With that said, most theologians through the generations have not seen prayer here as a weapon necessarily. Perhaps the power behind the weapon, the power behind the sword of the Spirit, the power behind the armor of God, the power behind this metaphor, fueling and animated, giving it fire, giving it strength, giving you the ability to put it to work in your life. Prayer is the power behind the Christian soldiers being able to deploy or use effectively all these pieces of armor and weapons in the armor of God metaphor. A theologian by the name of Andrew Lincoln wrote, Prayer for strengthening, he puts it very, very well in a succinct sentence. Prayer for strengthening from God can be seen as a major way in which believers appropriate the divine armor and thereby are unable to stand against our enemy, end quote. So you see, prayer pretty much epitomizes, it, it sums up what Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, be strong in the Lord. If you want to be strong in the Lord, you are going to be persistent and vigilant and constant in your prayer life. Prayer represents calling upon God, doesn't it? It is calling upon God to empower the Christian soldier, his people, to fulfill precisely what he has called them to do and called them to be in this metaphor. Continuing on, Paul writes, with all prayer and petition or with every kind of prayer and request. That's what he means. Every kind of prayer and request. So Paul is speaking of every conceivable type or form of prayer that there is, that you can think of. He mentions prayer generally, and he mentions prayer and asking God to help him to fulfill various specific requests. He is covering all kinds of prayers here. Notice that he writes, at all times, or pray at all times, pray in every season. What he's saying is pray all of the time at every opportunity that you have. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? Are you familiar with his letters, his other letters to the other believers throughout Asia Minor? This sounds very much like his command or his appeal to the Christians in Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, the apostle Paul, uh, encourages these folks to pray without ceasing. Constantly, continuously. I really do believe the man means you are to have a running conversation with God in your waking life every day that you live. An almost stream of consciousness conversation, whether it's out loud or whether it's in your head and in your heart. Folks, you don't have to pray out loud. I hope you know that already. He knows what's going on in here and here anyway. You can pray to him silently within your heart, within your mind, within your soul. And it reaches Him just the same. 
as out loud. Anytime, anywhere, any circumstance, any situation. And if you have to, I found this to be very helpful and very effective. There are certain situations and circumstances where you might have to go, uh, <clears throat> could you excuse me for a moment? Pray right there on the spot, on the hoof, pardon the expression. I have even at times excused myself. Could you excuse me for a moment? I have to go such and such, step out of the room and go pray somewhere. Then come back to it. That's what Paul means. Pray without ceasing. Pray at every opportunity. Pray in every season. Pray at all times to strengthen you and empower you for this fight. For being in the trenches of the battleground of this life against our spiritual enemies. So, what's the obvious conclusion here? Paul is telling Christian soldiers that you must be in a constant state of readiness. Not only a constant state of readiness, armored up and ready to go, in the armor of God metaphor, you must be in a constant state of readiness in prayer, of prayer, in order to stand against any demonic attack which can come your way any day at any time. Our enemy never sleeps. So we are to be vigilant and diligent as well. Christian soldiers must be in readiness at all times to stand fast or to advance, to obey the commander-in-chief's command. There's also going to be people, I'm sure you all know this very, very well, we encounter this all the time. There's also going to be people around you who are under attack at any given time that you need to be vigilant in praying for them. There's going to be people around you probably all of the time, if you care to know, care to notice, who are desperately in need of the prayers of the members of the church, fellow Christian soldiers. They need you to appeal to God in their behalf to fight the good fight. Now Paul says to pray in the Spirit. In Greek it's enumati, that wonderful word depending on the context in which it's used, pneuma, meaning breath, wind, spirit, enumati, in the Spirit. What does that mean? It means this, to seek the Holy Spirit of God's presence and power in your prayer life. To seek His wisdom in your prayer life, His guidance, in your prayer life, His direction, in your prayer life, His help, His strength, His stamina to see you through the spiritual warfare and to assist you in your prayer life, to pray vigilantly and diligently and constantly. If you ask Him, He will be there. He will help you. He will meet you. But you have to mean it. You have to be serious. It has to be sincere. It has to be honest. It has to be authentic. If you really want Him there to be a pedicletos, Pada to come alongside to help you and strengthen you, give you wisdom and guidance in your prayer life, what to pray for, who to pray for, when, preferably constantly. Ask Him. He will meet you. He will be there. But He wants sincerity. He wants honesty. He wants authenticity. Do we do this? That's the question. Do we pray in the Spirit all of the time, every day? Good question. According to the Apostle Paul here in this verse, we absolutely must. It is an imperative. It is a command. It is absolutely essential. Paul wishes for Christian believers in this way, all Christian believers, Christian soldiers, to pray constantly in or by the Holy Spirit with His help, with His inspiration, His guidance. The Spirit does help us. He does strengthen us. He does give us guidance. Again, I give you Jesus' word in the New Testament Greek for parakletos. Remember this. Jesus calls 
His Spirit, the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, parakletos, a counselor, an advocate, and helper. Again, para means to come alongside, to stand with somebody, to help somebody. In this case, to pray alongside somebody, to help somebody in their prayer life, to fight alongside you and to animate you in the fight. Inspire you to pray, direct you how to pray, direct you who or what to pray for, to energize your prayers for the conflict, for ourselves and for others. By the way, friendly word of advice as well. Draw upon Him, especially when you don't want to pray. Especially when you don't want to. Especially when you don't feel like it. And I have asked Him repeatedly, please forgive me, I really don't know what to pray for. I, I don't know how to pray over this, or over this person, or over this situation. And in regards to things going on in this world, in this country, please forgive me for my anger, which is almost to the point of rage at the evil that is destroying our nation and our civilization. Teach me how to pray concerning this. Please help me. I don't exactly know how to pray or what to pray for. If you come to him with that and it is in sincerity, he will be there. He will help you. He will see you through it. He will help you to work through it. Draw on Him. Pray in the Spirit at all times. He will direct you how to pray, who to pray for, what to pray for. He will energize your prayer life. Now some, I should add this, old theological debate over the years. <laughs> some folks wish to interpret this phrase of Paul's, pray at all times in the Spirit, meaning a reference only to glossolalia or praying in tongues. I am not in any way, shape, or form prepared to say that Paul does not mean that. He very well may mean that. And probably does include that. But, it's not, but let's not interpret what he says there to being only that. Some folks want to tell you that he only means praying in glossolalia or praying in tongues when he says pray in the Spirit. I think that is limiting what the Apostle is teaching and that's limiting what he is referring to. Now, he very well may include that, certainly, but he does not mean that only or exclusively. I think we need to apply what Paul says to all prayer, all prayer, every kind of form of prayer that you can possibly think of and not in any way limit what he says. Think in maximum terms of prayer, not in limited or minimal terms of prayer. So I believe we have to see the full scope and full range of what he's saying here about the Holy Spirit's role and work in conjunction with your prayers, the Christian soldier's prayers. Even at times when we do not know how we should pray and do not feel like it again, the Spirit is with us, walking alongside us, interceding for us, interpreting your prayers, making them fit and proper before the throne of God the Father in the cosmic throne room of the universe. Paul tells us this, that the Spirit intercedes on our behalf, Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. Let's go there, if you want to go there with me. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, speaking of the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. And in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. 
But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. That's what He does for your prayer life before God the Father. And He who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is, he, because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. It's a beautiful truth. It's a beautiful reality. Put yourself into His hands in your prayer life to animate your service as a Christian soldier. Now, Paul writes, Be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, or be vigilant with all persistence in all supplication for all of the saints. That's a pretty broad statement. That's a very packed, loaded command. For Paul, for the entire New Testament world, for every New Testament biblical author, prayer is not minimal, it is not passive. I've said this a million times. The New Testament teaches us that the Christian life is always active. It is never passive, any part of it. Prayer is not minimal. It is not passive. Prayer is a major priority, and it is always active. It is a way of life. Prayer is not, as some theologians would say, a perfunctory obligation that we are to grudgingly approach for a brief time or two a day and then get it over with and move on beyond it. That's tragic. Oh no, it's quite the opposite. Prayer is a tremendous duty. I'm going to keep with the Christian soldier metaphor. We're in the military. Soldier, prayer is a duty. It's a responsibility. And yes, it is a privilege. It is an honor. How many soldiers get to have personal conversations every day, all the day, with the king, the commander-in-chief of the armies of God, both angelic and human. Every rank and file grunt in the army of God, Christian soldier, is able to speak with the commander-in-chief all the day long, every day. That is an amazing privilege and honor. And yes, duty and responsibility. An opportunity to talk to the God of the universe for the Christian soldier to communicate with our great commander the captain of our salvation, to appeal to him on our behalf, on behalf of others, to ask him for help for everything about everything, everybody in this spiritual conflict. Paul writes, be on the alert, be vigilant with all perseverance. He's really telling you to pray as he prays. This is a state of readiness, of watchfulness. If you remember that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke about all through the Gospels, repeatedly, go and look at the words of the Lord Jesus throughout the Gospels. How he tells his disciples and his faithful followers, he gives this command to be vigilant, to be watchful, to be persistent, to persevere. Remember his words in one reference alone, Mark chapter 13, 33. Be on your guard. Be alert. Very curt, very strong command. And it's throughout the Gospels. Whereas Paul writes here, persist in vigilance. The Christian soldier must maintain a constant state of vigilance and perseverance in prayer to successfully engage the enemy in spiritual warfare, both defense and offense. As we move, allow me to stay in the metaphor, march throughout the battleground of this life. Paul is telling Christian soldiers to maintain a very real deep dependence on God. If you're talking to Him, you're dependent upon Him. If you're dependent upon Him, you should be talking to Him constantly in constant contact with Him. It's critical. 
And from the original Greek, Paul's vocabulary, even this is the syntax, the grammar that he uses in this verse, you should come away with a very clear emphasis that Paul is, when he says praying, watching, be on the alert. I can't hammer this enough. He means a continuous activity. And when he writes perseverance, it's a very strong word. It's a somewhat rare word in the original Greek. Proskataresis is the word that he uses that we traditionally translate into English as perseverance. It's somewhat a rare word, but in the Bible, this is some great information. The inspired author, Dr. Luke, our beloved brother, Dr. Luke, he was inspired to repeatedly use this word in particular to describe the prayer life and practices of the early church in the book of Acts. The early church in the book of Acts, they're our model by which to follow. This is how the church is to function in this world. Now, I found it interesting that outside of the Bible, in Greco-Roman language, proskateresis, this word we translate as perseverance, in Greek literature of the time, this word was used to describe um, um, the relentless pursuit of something. The absolutely relentless pursuit of something or, or someone. Uh, someone pursuing a goal with great stubbornness or obstinance even. Put it together, do you see what Paul is saying by using this word? Paul is saying that Christian soldiers must relentlessly pursue God in prayer. Relentlessly pursue a conversation with Him in prayer. It's that kind of perseverance. It's that kind of vigilance. It's absolutely essential in fighting our unseen enemies of the powers of darkness. Now notice, Paul wants the Christian community or Christian soldiers to engage in this kind of vigilance or persistence in prayer for who? All the saints, all of the Hagioi, all of the holy ones made holy in the new birth in Jesus Christ our Lord. Does he say pray for yourselves? No, it's not there. Pray for all of the saints. We're all in this together, Christian soldier, in the same army, same unit, same outfit, same regiment, same brigade, same the battalion, on and on. We're all in this together. Pray for all of the saints. Pray for the Christian soldier to your right, to your left, before you and behind you. All fellow Christian soldiers. Paul is very expansive in his treatment of prayer here within the Christian community, you see. He's pointing out to the corporate nature of spiritual warfare. We're all in this together, and we're all to be praying together and about this together. Prayer is foundational to the deployment of all the armor of God. Yes, it is. Then it's not simply a matter of we as individuals hunkering down and praying for ourselves only and forgetting everybody else. We are to pray for all Christians and thereby arming them, supporting them in the fight through prayer. We come away from this passage, or you should, with a grave sense of duty and responsibility for our fellow soldiers. Pray for each other so that we can stand with effectiveness and character and integrity before God in waging this fight, resisting the enemy's attacks, advancing the kingdom of Christ against the darkness. Because after all, as Paul teaches elsewhere, we are all what? One bride, one body, one people, one army, Christian soldiers, all. So as closing, let's look at an example. Of course, 
The greatest example, first and foremost, that you should always look at is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the God-man, the perfect example. If you care to, go through the Gospels and look at his prayer life. Examine his prayer life. But for this morning, let's look at the man who is inspired by the Spirit of God to write these words. Let's look at Paul, the Apostle Paul himself, as an example for living this kind of a prayer life. And if there was ever a gritty old veteran soldier of Christ, it was Paul the Apostle. So let's look at him as an example of how to obey this command of prayer as a part of spiritual warfare. In this letter, book of Ephesians, and in other letters of the Apostle Paul, notice, Paul tells you at times exactly what he prays for and how he's praying for other believers. Paul prays numerous times. He tells you, he told us in this letter, that he prays that you, Christian soldiers, Christian believers, the Ephesians and every Christian believer who reads this letter, that we will all grow in the true knowledge of God. True knowledge of God, and put that to work in your life. That every believer will grow in their knowledge of God's power, which is now available to you by way of the Holy Spirit, by way of your salvation, by way of your new life, your new identity, your new birth. Available to all Christian believers, all Christian soldiers. He's praying all the time that believers would be given guidance and strength by way of the Holy Spirit. Precisely what he teaches in verse 18 here. And now in spiritual warfare in this passage, God's power is to be drawn upon to engage in defense and offense. There's a twofold emphasis here that I want to give you one more time before we move into the conclusion. It's twofold emphasis. Spiritual warfare. And think about prayer. Think about prayer. Praying your way in this and through this, the battleground of this life. First of all, believers or Christian soldiers, pray for yourself and others that Christian soldiers will be enabled and empowered to stand. How important is that right now? I know you folks the world over are right there with us. But forgive me, I live in America, so let me go after America for a moment. It is disgusting of the cowardice and the treason committed against God and His Word that is taking place all over this country amongst people who dare to call themselves by the name of Christ. Pray that people who call themselves by the name of Christ truly are in Christ. And pray that they stand. Stand firm in the fight. Hold the line. Do not budge one inch, one millimeter from the evil that is coming at us and against us. How important is that prayer now? It has always been important, but it should be painfully obvious how important it is now. To resist dangerous and various attacks of all kind of our evil spiritual enemies. Attacks that we do face, attacks that we will face. And second of all, get into this fight and be aggressive about it with a soldier's disciplined aggression. Pray, 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 
pray. How important is this? That we not only hold the line, but we fight back. We attack. We drive away the enemy. We drive away the darkness. That's what Jesus Christ, our Lord, our great commander, commanded us to do in his great commission in Matthew chapter 28. Pray that God will give his people, his soldiers, real strength, great strength, tremendous strength and ability to advance in this world. To fulfill that great commission, the mission of the church, the mission above all missions of the church. A lot of churches are getting confused about what their mission in this world really is. Go back and read Matthew chapter 28. That is the church's mission. March throughout that world in that inexorable advance, freeing people who are held in spiritual slavery by the powers of spiritual darkness, delivering them, setting them free, liberating them. That's the mission of the church, to fill the world with the gospel of salvation, redemption, new life in Christ. Pray for the power to advance and to do just that and to drive back the darkness. I'll close with a great quote from theologian Clint Arnold. He writes, The vision for prayer that Paul projects in this passage goes far beyond a tendency for Christians to limit most of their praying to prayers for people in crisis or some sort of situation or circumstance, such as health problems or any other such kind of difficulty. Oftentimes, that's all we pray for and pray about. Yes, that is important. But there is so much more to intercessory prayer that needs to take place. So much more to intercessory prayer that needs to take place for all the saints before any of these crises even hit. Pray for believers, Christian soldiers, to be prepared for these things when they happen. To be prepared for these things. To persevere through these things. And to even conquer through or by way of these things. This is probably the way that our Christian brother Epaphras, 2,000 years ago, this is the way that Epaphras was praying for the Colossian Christians when Paul commended Epaphras in his letter. Colossians 4 verse 12, Paul says, he states, Epaphras is always wrestling in prayer for you. Isn't that exactly what he says to do in verse 18? Epaphras is always wrestling. That's a very strong word in the Greek. Always wrestling in prayer for you, for all the saints, that you may what? Does this sound familiar? That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured, end quote. This is exactly exactly how we are to pray for our fellow Christian soldiers with all due vigilance as a way of life to win this spiritual war. Get in the fight, Christian soldier. Oh my, how we could apply this metaphor today. Get in that fight and pray without ceasing for you and all the others in the ranks. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, ruler of heaven and earth, the great captain of our salvation, the great commander of the hosts of heaven, help each and every one of us who truly are called by the name of Christ 
and have received the new life and the new birth that he won. Fill us with the power by the Holy Spirit of this metaphor, the armor of God, the weaponry of God, to stand fast and to advance for our King against the darkness in this world. With the full assurance that we have the divine plan, the darkness has been conquered, the darkness will be conquered. And once and for all and forever, in conclusion, when the great King returns, help us on our watch to do our duty by you and each other as Christian soldiers in the battleground of this world, marching on our way steadily, pray God, to our eternal home. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.